Hey, what's happening? You're listening to Chew On That. And here's what we're chewing on today. Uh, Last week, we just started this series. It's about a topic that I think is really critical. It's crucial to our culture, and that is about identity. And throughout this series, I really just want to answer one question. Who do you think you are? And so today, we're going to start a pretty long journey, like uh, almost the rest of the year, for like four months, 16 weeks on a particular book of the Bible that is all about identity. And we're going to start that journey today with a message that we're calling, I am in Christ. Hey, what's happening? Welcome to Chew On That. My name is Keith, and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in Green Bay. Uh, This week, we are discussing a week number two from the book of Ephesians. Again, my name is Keith, and joining me today as my as my special guest, as my as my really special guest is Pastor Dallas Cox. Pastor Hello. Dallas Cox, good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this, good evening. <laughs> I love the I love the formalities, bro. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that I gave away quite a bit mm-hmm. by calling you Pastor Dallas Cox. Uh, but <laughs> in case someone doesn't like, I guess if someone doesn't. If someone doesn't have kids, they have no idea who you are. Probably, yeah, they're, maybe. They're just, I mean, they know who you are. Probably. I'm. Well, he, okay. It's funny. I've I've been identified as the kids pastor, which I am the kids pastor at Life Church Green Bay. But I've also been called the bass guy that plays every once in a while, and <laughs> the long hair guy. Oh, y- yeah, you're the long hair guy. I go, yes, I am. And so, yeah, those are my identities. So if you if you you may know me as one of those three. So. Um, I was told I was a great singer and I had to correct this person. I said, I don't sing, <laughs> but, uh, I was with my wife. I think she was just excited to see my wife. So, uh, yeah, so I've been identified those things, but I am the, uh, kids and youth pastor here at Life Church, and, uh, I really love doing it. And I love on Sundays, I get to hang out with kids and I get to do fun videos where I dress up as Willy Wonka, like I'm doing on the current series we're in. And, uh, and then in youth, I get to be just, uh, as as real and as honest I am with the Bible and trying to help these kids just kind of start or grow in their Jesus journey. So I love it. I love it. And, um, doing, I, I do, I do a couple podcasts here at life church. Um, and I, I feel like the general theme of the last month's worth of podcasts is like identity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we've been really hitting home that if it, because you do it for a profession mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's like who you are, like oh, yeah. who you are is who you are in Christ. Yep. Right. But, I would say that for 99.99% of, of most, uh, most adults, but you, mm-hmm. what you do is exactly like as, as one of your best friends is exactly yeah. bro who you are. Yeah. And, and I'm really, uh, I'm excited today because we have a, we have a great sermon here. We have uh, a couple sound bites. Um, mm-hmm. I, I pulled them yesterday. They're, 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 I like to think they're deep. They're like, they're the things that spoke out to me when I was, when I was hearing the sermon. Yeah. And by this time, uh, I've heard the sermon a, a, a bunch of times, mm-hmm. be it that I'm on staff here. And they're the things that keep resonating in here. And what, I, what I'm really excited for is, is hearing uh, your take on it. Because not only are you, uh, you're an example for what a Jesus man looks like. Mm-hmm. Like professionally, Jeez. you're an example of what a Jesus man looks like uh, as a husband, as a father, as a friend. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening here, Pastor Dallas, in my, in like how I love him, he's very high on my list of when Dallas talks, especially about Bible stuff. I, 
I stop and listen. So I'm really, really excited for today. Oh my goodness. And I love being Keith's friend. <laughs> if I'm ever having a down day, I'm like, Keith, tell me you love me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get it, let's get it started here. In, in Paul's day, Ephesus helped define the global identity. And you hear that and you might go, so? Like, why does, who cares? Why does that even uh, matter to me? How does that help me survive until Tuesday? Well, because when you read the Bible, you tend to think of it in terms of these like, like small rural environments populated with fishermen and farmers, people who live simple, less complicated lives than ours. But that's not always true. Like if, if ancient Rome was the equivalent of our modern day New York City, Ephesus, who, to whom this book was written, was, was the modern day equivalent of like Chicago. It was a massive influential center. And so Paul writes this letter to new Christians from all these pagan demonic backgrounds and people who had converted from traditional Judaism, people who were all tempted to go back to these former sinful lifestyles. And this letter articulated their unified identity in Christ. And the purpose of this letter literally was to remind them that they needed to pattern their lives after Jesus' holiness and after his righteousness. He was essentially asking in this whole book, are you in Adam or are you in Christ? Those two words, in Christ, they changed the world. And they are the summary, the essence, and the totality of every believer's identity. And as a pastor, I constantly see people who try to change their behavior rather than understand their identity. But God knows what you do flows from who you are. We were meant to live from our identity, not for our identity. Well, I, I guess I knew the first segment I was picking yeah. um, as we talked about identity and and. Each time I heard this sermon, uh, that not only the historical points that Pastor talks about like gives me a good visual, mm -hmm. because yeah, sometimes when I'm reading stories in the Bible, I'm uh, I'm thinking like I'm thinking like they, they aren't as sophisticated or civilized mm -hmm. as 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 a as a uh, as a group of humans yeah. that than they really were, you know. And then I, and then sometimes, especially in the beginning, when I was, when I was reading the Bible, um, it would be, it would be a little more difficult for me to like apply it to today. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then on top of that, um, there's like this old saying that's like, uh, man, it's, it's really going downhill now. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like this isn't how it used to be. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And, and the more I've read the Bible and the more I've, I've reread the Bible and reread the Bible, mm -hmm. uh, the more I, I like, I, I'm starting to like, this is, and this is an opinion of mine mm -hmm. um, based on my, on my study. But I, I think that today's civilization isn't half bad. Yeah. It isn't half as bad as like, as we, as we put it out to be. Yeah. Like when you read some of these historical stories in the Bible mm -hmm. and then you, and then what I do is I like, I, I double over and like, I'll, 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 I'll research it. Yeah. You know, I'll go to different resources uh, on the internet and, and uh, take, get people's, different takes, especially uh, based on that specific time period. Yeah. Um, learn about like their aqueduct systems, mm -hmm. like how they've channeled water and stuff. Yes. Like I, I, I geek out on that kind of stuff. And then when I, when I think about it, I'm like, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times here we, we, we read stories and we, we like think that they're like, like life was really, really 
good back then and there were strong moral values and stuff. And, and that's not always the case when I read it. Like when I read it, I'm like, man, these people had like, their morals were really low. Oh yeah. And I mean, we get to see all sides of people. Sometimes we get to see the good, bad, the ugly in the Bible. And I, I agree with you. I think when it comes to the Bible, I think as b- believers, we have to be in a constant state of reading the Bible and not ever get to the mindset of I've read the Bible. Right. I think because um, there's history, there's facts to it. And I think that's what's great. And I love about our pastors. Our pastor doesn't just read scripture and then try, try to pick some things out of it. He gives you the history. He gives you the, the, the comparisons. So where you can go, oh, okay, this isn't just an old book. There are still life-giving truths that are in here that apply to me even in you know, 2021. And so in that, I have to remind myself, oh yeah, like there are some truths. And if I don't see it, then I got to study it. So like, even what you're saying is I think what a, a lot of believers need to do is they got to go, okay, I want to know the history behind this. Right. I want to know the, the, the time frame behind this. I want to know the, the, the culture behind this because then you'll see and go, oh, that's happening right now. Right. Oh, that's the mindset right now. Mm-hmm. And so I love that, you know, when he talks about that, he talks about, you know, in Adam or in Christ, and I love that, you know, I think the biggest thing for us is, well, for me, when I became a believer, I remember the salvation being this great thing. It did. It transformed my life. It changed me uh, just from the inside out. I I cried. I felt called to ministry. I just had all these things. But then there's this constant state of, Jesus, I'm so thankful for what you've done for me. So therefore... I want to pay you back with good works. So I remember the the first part of my, like the first month of me being a Jesus person, I was doing things that I would not do today. Like I was, I went and got the Jesus fish shirt that said WWJD. I had the Jesus, uh, now nothing wrong with that. Right, right, right. Th- there was parts of me that I was like, I have to wear the shirt and I got to wear the WJ, WWJD wristband and I have to be carrying my Bible around and I have to listen to Newsboys, which I'm not the biggest Newsboys fan. And so, and I was like, but I have to, I have to do it because that's, I'm a, I'm a Christian now. I have to do this. And there was parts of me that was like really fighting and I was trying to do surface level stuff because I felt like I was trying to pay God back. And it wasn't really until I read Ephesians 5 where it talks about, you know, grace being a gift and, and it, you know, not that you can take credit for it. You can't take credit for the good things you've done. Salvation is a gift. Grace is a gift. And so I had to remind myself that when you get a gift, you don't give someone something afterwards. Sometimes we want to. So when you get, especially an unexpected gift, you're like, oh, I didn't expect this. I got to get you something now. And that could be actually one of the worst things you could say to a person when you give a gift. Oh, I got to get you something now. I'm like, no, you shouldn't have to do that. You should want to do that or just, or, or not do it. Just be grateful that you received. And I think that's how we have to look at, you know, salvation. I can't work for it. I'm in Christ. And so therefore I am, I'm in a constant state of thankfulness, but I'm also in a constant state of going, God change me from the inside out and help me with these things. Not that I have, you know, not that I have to, I want to. Because I understand that when I let you transform me, you're going to turn me into a man I didn't think I could ever possibly be. Which, again, me being even a pastor was something I never thought I could be because I was afraid to talk in front of people. I was very shy. And it comes out every once in a while. I remember my 30th birthday, Shelby made a, like, had a big party, Shelby, my wife. And she invited like a lot of people over. And at one point, I was like, 
I'm going to go hang out in my room and I just be by myself. Like it was too much. Yeah. Uh, so there's parts of me of my, you know, like you say, your old self that kind of comes out still every once in a while, but it's, it's that state. And so again, it's not working for your salvation, but sometimes we have that mindset of like, I got to pay God back. I mean, he did great things for me. So I'm, I'm going to try to do good things for him. And it's like, all, all you have to do is just make yourself open available for God to transform you. That's all he wants. Yeah. And don't you don't have to work or earn or or because because here's the thing we're gonna fall short and then guilt comes in and you're like oh, what was the point yeah you you said a lot you to unpack a lot of what you said right there yeah um, for starters with, with what you said on salvation yeah salvation's salvation's an impossible gift mm-hmm. it's it's one that you will never ever 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 be able to uh, repay in full mm-hmm. right but like how you said when you receive a gift you don't you don't go and get a gift for somebody of equal or, uh, equal or greater value. Yeah. Right? Uh, what God wants is just gratitude. Yes. Like when you give a gift, the, for, for myself personally, when I give a gift, the best thing that I get is when they just look at me and say, thank you. Yeah. That meant a lot. And the you know? worst thing would be like, I'll be right back and they leave. Right, right. You know, you'd be like, what are you doing? Right, right. <laughs> you know? So, but I, I, I do, I live my life um, knowing that I, I will never... I'll never do anything in my life that goes anywhere remotely in the same area code of mm-hmm. repaying uh, the salvation I've gotten, the yeah. the blessings I've gotten, the cures I've mm-hmm. gotten. Yeah, um, but I definitely wake up in the morning and say, "Well, I can I can do a little bit to show that it, it wasn't a waste." Yeah, you know, I I, I live my my life personally twenty four at a time, twenty four hours at a time, mm-hmm. knowing I'm never going to pay back. But I definitely know that my salvation came at a cost. Yeah. And I need to live like him mm-hmm. to, I don't want to say show I'm worthy because I'm never going to be worthy. And I mean, that's another, you know, you run yourself around in circles. Yeah. But to show that it wasn't a waste, God. Oh, yeah. And then just, again, availability and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That, I think, more than anything. God, I'm going to be available. I'm going to be vulnerable, and you do what you need to do in my life. And right. I think that's what God wants from us. He doesn't going to be like, "Hey, that was really cool what you did." You know, no. What's really cool is when you go, "Whatever you got to do in my life, God, I'm open. I'm available." You know, the willingness is yes. a lesson that it's a tough one uh, in the people I, I I do life with. Mm-hmm. Um, when you ask what the meaning of life is. The, the biggest and most vast question probably in all of mankind, what, what, what is life? What, what's life about? What's the point of this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it, in my, in, my, in my personal belief, a lot of it is learning to become willing. Mm-hmm. The more I practice that principle of mm-hmm. just becoming willing, yeah. I don't have to. Yeah. Like I don't have to do anything, right? Can I, can I run 40 straight miles? No. God doesn't ask me to run 40 straight miles, but he just asked me to become willing that if he asked, I would. Yes, yes. And yes. that's, that's, I, it, guys, if you're listening to this, like that for me is my entire answer to what is, what is the meaning of life? Yeah. Just to become willing. Yeah, amen. Just to become willing. And, and I loved closing on, on this segment. Um, when it's, when we talk about identity, you know, you don't, you aren't defined by, your identity, you're defined by, by Jesus. Yes. And how you said, I loved it. Like, 
I never thought I'd be a pastor. I was yeah. shy. I couldn't talk in front of people. Mm-hmm. If you would have sat on that yeah. and let that define you, mm-hmm. uh, you would have never become one of the best kids and youth pastors in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had, if you had rested on those ideas and not his ideas, yeah. Yeah. 100%. The world, the world would be a lot, a lot more sad. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> There is power in your testimony. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're no longer who you used to be. So so when it comes to God, you're no longer identified by your past, by your failures, or by your sins. You're no longer identified by the limitations that you, your family, your peers, or society have placed upon you. And so your identity isn't based on what others say or or what others think or what others feel about you. That's why self-esteem, self-reflection, and self-help are faulty why they're all false. When you become a Jesus follower, you're identified by what God says about you. You're identified by who you are in Christ. I kind of want to give like a spoiler alert to like new believers that like um, when it comes to starting your Jesus journey or going in your Jesus journey, I think this is one of the biggest hurdles that we have to kind of get past. And it's our past. And the thing that I, I want to address also is I think we have to prepare New Jesus people that people are going to remind you of your past and don't let that, you know, stop you from what God's called you to. I remember one time um, I had a bus, I saw a bus driver that took me to school and I saw him in a public place one time and he said, hey, how are you, Dallas? I said, I'm good. He goes, what's new? And I go, oh, you know, I'm." Uh, at the time I was a ju- uh, junior high pastor in Las Vegas, just doing it part-time. I said, yeah, I'm junior high pastor here and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, wow. He goes, I remember when you were a bad kid. I go, oh, yeah, yeah. And he goes, yeah, you, you, I mean, you were bad. I mean, I mean, didn't you get suspended like twice? I go, I, yeah, I did. And he goes, man, and he kept saying it, you're, you're a bad kid. I go, okay, all right. But and I can laugh about that now, but I know the enemy for a lot of new believers, he wants to tackle you with your past in hopes that it will keep you on the ground. But I love what our pastor says. No, no, no. God is creating a testimony for you. Say, so, yeah, I was this. And 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 I'm not proud of all of it, but I am excited for what God's going to do through it and through my past. And so I, you know, I, I, I think it's so important for us to remember that people are going to bring up your past. And, and they're going to remind you things that you actually probably forgot about. But don't let that stop you from allowing God to do what he needs to do in you and through you. Yeah. So the more you read the Bible and the more you, uh, you would delve into the, the history of each of the stars, I would say, like each of the main characters, um, there's a general theme in the Bible that God, God uses I mean, let's, let's think about who he has to choose from, right? To, to pull off all of his grandest plans that are in the Bible and then our day-to-day plans that, that are miracles around your life right now. He only has sinners to work with. Mm-hmm. Like he has, he has no one of perfection on this earth yeah. to work with. So like, I, I know for someone listening, they're like, well, but did they do this? Mm-hmm. Did they do that? And they, they're, I, I try and identify their life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, God, God actually has this knack of using not only sinners, but like the most underqualified yes. and the most, uh, 
the the least likely mm-hmm. um, to be used in, in God's plan, in God's grandest plans. <clears throat> yeah, he has this knack of picking the most under uh, un- underqualified people to perform these things. Look at Moses. He was a murderer, mm-hmm. right? Um, all the disciples were unsavory humans. Yeah. Like, like all of them, they're passed before Christ. Mm-hmm. Very unsavory human beings, especially for their time. Yeah. I'm, Go ahead. Oh no, it's interesting because I was I was I was saying uh, like I was thinking of Matthew. I was just talking to the kids about Matthew and and when Matthew became you know when Jesus went to Matthew and said follow me. I mean it was life changing to the point where he was he was like let's party, like this is great. Like I love you know that you said follow me and so and then there's that moment where he has the party and the scripture says that he was around uh, tax other tax collectors and sinners. And that the Pharisees are like, what are you doing? I, well, he didn't even go to Jesus. I love that the scripture says he goes to the disciples and goes, hey, what's your guy doing? And Jesus answered for him. He goes, no, 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 no. And he said, I'm not here for well people. I'm here for sick people. I'm here for people who need me. Right. And so you're totally right. I think it's the, the truth is, is like he does. He looks for the least qualified and goes, man, I could do so much in you. And just, just follow me. Just, just, just follow. Yeah. And so I just, I love it. Zacchaeus, another person. I mean, I, I think even the scripture, it says like when he says, I want to come to your house, like the scripture says people are like, seriously? Like, I don't know if it said in those terms, but like, I, I think it talks about that people were like, not disappointed. I don't know what the phrasing was, but it, to me, and it could have been the history where like people were like, of all people, you're going to sit, go hang out with it. it's him. So even the people were shocked by his decision to say, hey, I want to hang out with you. And so, yeah, you're totally, totally, totally right that it's just, um, that that really like God wants to, he, he, you know, he wants to be with the worst of the worst in a way. Mm-hmm. So it, the, the, the world is not falling short of, of people doing terrible things. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, in, in your circumstance, if you're listening, um, I, I have run at every opportunity I could from God, every, every chance I had, I said, I'm not the guy for this job. Mm-hmm. I'm not the guy to do this for you. Um, did he ever give up and quit and walk away? No. Yeah. No. In fact, he he, he actually made it, uh, my life more difficult, so as to the point where I I couldn't back away. Yeah. But with all that said, um, I promise you, if you if you go towards Christ, I promise you, if you're listening, and this is a, I I can't promise many things in this life. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, if you go towards Christ and and do what's suggested for you to do, and, and by suggested, it's kind of air quotes because mm-hmm. the Bible is a lot of, you really should do this. But if you do what you suggested, um, there will come a point in your life where you won't regret your past, uh, nor will you want to shut the door on it. Yeah, you will. You'll you'll reach a sense of neutrality. Mm-hmm. I, I have in my experience where I just kind of quit fighting anyone or anything for any reason because sanity was replaced. Like it, I was restored to it. Mm-hmm. And the closer I live uh, with Christ, the things in life don't bother me as much. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's like, the, that's like news. That's like, I remember when things, when my world was collapsing and I prayed for death I remember those days. Yeah. And they're not like that anymore. Yeah. I I was a person full of guilt, full of remorse. The 
the person I hated the most in this life was myself. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's, with, with some men I, I, I disciple, um, we bounce this idea off. I mean, I was at a point in my worst parts where like I, I had to brush my teeth with the lights off because I like, I, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. Wow. And, and as I say that now, it sounds like a different human being and it was a different human being. Yeah, totally. Today, my life is full. My life is happy. My life is peaceful. I, it didn't happen by chance. It didn't happen by accident. Mm-hmm. It happened because I took steps towards Christ and everything that he promised me in that Bible has happened yeah. in my life. And do I, do I look back at those very dark times in my life? No, yeah. no. Um, going back to the first point, um, I actually have to remember those things because there's others out there that feel that same way. And if they don't know that somebody got out of that tunnel, mm-hmm. they don't think that they can. Yeah. And if the person that got out of the tunnel just says, well, I just kept walking and I found my way out, that, that is, that's unobtainable. But if a person can get out of that tunnel and say, I did it and I did it with Christ, Christ was my only map out. Yeah. God says, you can't forget that past mm-hmm. because you have, you, you have a roadmap. And now I need you to go tell other people that are in the same spot to get out of that. Nice. I love it. In Christ, you are blessed. Verse three, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Verse six, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. I wonder if you've ever ever felt cursed, like your life isn't what it should be. You're working hard, but not getting promoted. You're working hard, but you lost your job. Relationally, you give, but they take. Have you ever wondered if everyone's just using you, if anyone's ever gonna give to you, do for you? Well, are you in Christ? Because in Christ, you're blessed with the righteousness of God. In Christ, you're blessed with the love of Christ and the forgiveness of Christ. In Christ, you're blessed with resurrection from the dead and eternal life. What we deserve is hell. Everything else is a blessing. And so we need to fix our face and fix our mind and start noticing the way that God has already blessed us. Your job is a blessing, not a dead end. Your car's a blessing, not a bucket. Your spouse is a blessing, not a bust. Your kids are a blessing, not a burden. And when you start focusing on the blessings that you have rather than the blessings that you want, suddenly you're going to feel Free. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see in Christ you are blessed. Well, I mean, that's, it's good to say that out loud. Mm-hmm. It's good to say, it's good to say all those things and be reminded of those things. You know, and when I was listening to that clip, I, I thought of my things I am blessed with. I'm yeah. blessed with an amazing wife and two beautiful children and a, a house that's gorgeous that's tr- truth be be known it, it was actually the house i wanted to live in when i was a kid mm-hmm. um fell in my lap I, I i look at my friends i look at my career i look at you know when i when i think about the the blessings in regards to do i deserve any of that mm-hmm. no no like how i spoke in the last seg the last segment uh 
No, I don't deserve any of that, mm-hmm. if I can be honest. But every now and again, Keith will sometimes get in his own head and be like, why? Well, I, I work for these things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And those, they're only momentary now, right? But, but if pride and ego get in there, mm-hmm. well, I earn these things. Yeah. And I'll tell you the most, un, the most unsatisfying points of my life happen when I get into the attitude of, uh, oh, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. I, this do you, you see what I did? Yeah. And then on the flip side, equally as disturbing in my life is when I flip it and say, did you see what God just did to me? Mm-hmm. You know? We can easily, I think it's interesting because I think as people, and it's a natural thing to do, we can easily maximize what we don't have and minimize what we do have. And I think when it comes to the blessings, we go, well, I'm not blessed because I don't have that. And we make the house, the car, the future, the income, the whatever you want, we can make it so big, but then we can make things so small. Like I've been in a conversation with people who are like, nothing good happened for me today, nothing. And you say, well, you woke up. And they go, uh, I guess. And we minimize life. Like the fact that we woke up, we go, yeah, I guess. Because we're used to it. Yeah. You know, we... we it's, we a, it's a given. It's a given, yeah. Uh, I, 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 was, I watched a video where a guy said, if you're given like $8,265 every day, uh, you know, you do a lot with it. And But what if you were given 8400 I can't remember what it was, like 84000 something like that. Um, you know, every day you're given that, what would you do? You do the most with it. He says, that's how many minutes a day we have. Are we making the most of it? And sometimes we can minimize it. Yeah, I know I have this many, but it's like, that's life. You're breathing. Even if you're like, well, I have cancer, but you are alive. And so like we can maximize what we don't have or what we're struggling with. And we can minimize like what God can bless us. Even with death, I just came back from a funeral. And um, one of the last things this man said is, you know, if you're in, if you're in Christ, there is no ending. So even if I die here, I go, I go to eternity. So you can even focus on the blessings of death, that in death, in Christ, I have eternal life. But at the same time, it shouldn't be the only focus. But if anything, if you can look at your day-to-day and go, I, nothing good is happening in the day, the fact that you were able to wake up your eyes and breathe breath and get up any way you had to is a blessing. And, and some people are like, well, I, you know, I have to be in a wheelchair or I have to do this or I, maybe I, I wake up and it, I'm blind, but you have life and God wants to do the most with it. And so don't, don't minimize what you do have. Maximize those things because I can tell you it will make you go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know what? I want this. But there, you know what? Maybe there's a reason God hasn't given that to me. Maybe He want, because He wants me to 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 live and run with what I do have and make those even big, a bigger focus in my life. Yeah, uh, my with with like with for me, um, the thing that I prize and value the most in my life um, are not possessions. Um, they're not circumstance. Uh, what I value the most is. Uh, sanity, mm-hmm. yeah. peace, peace and peace, joy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, there was a point in my life when I didn't have any of those. Yeah. And so to wake up with a sound mind mm-hmm. without animosity going on in it, without that terrible evil voice telling you that you can't, you shouldn't, yeah. you won't. Mm-hmm. Um, and without, with all that like sidelined, 
mm-hmm. my, my highest possession is, is my peace of mind. Yeah. And I have that when I actively do things, um, for Christ. Yeah. Uh, am I trying to pay back salvation? Well, maybe in the beginning I did. Mm-hmm. And maybe there are elements still today where I, where I, I feel like I got to do this because he did that. Yeah. And, and I'll never, I'll never, like we said in the beginning of the show, I'll, I'll never pay that back. Yeah. But I say, I say all that. And when, when I do uh, work with other guys that are in that spot mm-hmm. um, and, the, and they're not thinking in, in, the, in the sense of sanity and peace and joy, but thinking more in like my job, my house, mm-hmm. uh, I don't have money. Um, I heard this once, uh, I go, well, I don't know. Money doesn't really bother me. I would say, cause it doesn't yeah. like, I just, I've done, I don't, I'm, I, I, I give away as much as I can. I am, mm-hmm. um, it's never been a, a, a cross. I, 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 I wore. Yeah. Um, and so this person said, well, it, it money's not a big deal for someone who has it. Yeah. And it got me thinking, I'm like, well, yeah, I, I guess I've always been mm-hmm. financially okay. But then I wonder like, how come my circumstance, how come I am? Yeah. Right. And maybe if, if this, if we have to assume that every day we wake up, we're doing, there has to be a point here. Yeah. Um, God tests me. Mm-hmm. God doesn't test you the same way as he tests me. He doesn't, yeah. we all have our own little uh, um, problems. Right. Yeah. And so God has never really challenged me in a financial area. Be, and I like to think because it's a lesson I passed early. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't get those challenges yeah. from, from God. Um, I don't get those challenges in uh, sexual deviance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's some men have that. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. But you know what? I, 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 I can't, I can't drink a beer. Yeah. If I drink a beer, it goes way downhill. Yeah. I I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I would, I would bounce back and say, no, I, I'm not challenged financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are you challenged this way? Yes. And if you reply, it's, well, well, no, but I'm challenged this way. I feel like we're all yes. going through school mm-hmm. and God is the de facto teacher. Yeah. And when you pass a lesson, I don't, in my experience, I haven't been tested with those lessons again because I passed it. Yeah. There's no reason to keep hammering home this lesson, mm-hmm. but I do, I do constantly get repeat lessons for obviously things I haven't yeah. given to God. Yeah. Well, I think about that too. I was thinking about the thing that came to my head when you're talking about money was tithing. And I remember when I was, I was an intern in Las Vegas. We would, you know, we'd take turns, you know, talking about tithes and offerings for the youth ministry. And I remember one of the interns was pretty much saying, if you give your offering, God will bless you with things. And he said like Xboxes and stuff like that. And I remember we we're like, what are you doing? He's, and that, and, and at the time he's like, I just, I mean, that's what, isn't that what blessings is, is things. And it's interesting that throughout my Jesus journey, when it comes to tithing, the mindset may have been, you know what? Oh, okay, you know, God, if I give you this, you better help me with this. But now I'm at a point where I go, man, I tithe because I'm just blessed with the 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 opportunity to be obedient. Because I know when I don't tithe, oh gosh, it really feels like I've disappointed my heavenly father. And so that that's the... Honestly, that's the blessing I focus on the most is, God, I want the blessing of, of obedience when I do this. And I love it now that I can look back and go, I'm giving more than I thought I'd ever give. 
to the point if you if you asked me 20 years ago, like, hey, what would you say if you were giving this much? My response would be like, did we win the lottery? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why are you giving that much? That's, you know, I is that your 10%? And it's not. That's more than 10% because I just, I feel like it's just, I love the, the blessing of obedience. And other things have come with it. I haven't had to be in financial strife. I'm not, uh, I haven't had to overly worry about money and um, not that it's, it's uh, I'm, I'm full of it, but it's just God has been obedient in that because I think I've been obedient in that. And so that's the blessing I focus on more than the, the Xbox. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and what you said, like, I don't, I don't focus on these things, not because I'm swimming in it, not yeah. because I'm, I'm Scrooge McDuck in it, yeah. but because it's just not something that is challenged on my heart anymore. Correct. You know, and, and so that this isn't a tithing commercial yeah. by any sort stretch of the imagination, but I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. if, if, uh, if I want to achieve a goal, yeah. I would ask people that have achieved that goal mm-hmm. and I would, I would ask them, well, how did you do it? Yeah. Kind of going back to our first few segments. Yeah. Um, if somebody got out of a dark tunnel, mm-hmm. well, don't you want to grab onto their shirt and have them walk you out with you? Oh, so right. Good. So like you, I'll tell you what, I, I don't have a financial mm-hmm. fear, pressure, stressing. Um, our, 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 our fights at home aren't over money. Yeah. It's, it is as if it's a non-existent problem. Yeah. How I got there. I don't know. I was just obedient with my money. Yeah. I, I, I gave it to God. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not always tithing at a church, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm in a season right now where I'm, t- I'm, I'm giving money to things that are spiritually feeding me yeah. in other areas of life because I'm, I, I feel like I have a calling on that. And like, again, I didn't want, this isn't like a, a tithing segment, yeah. I, but if it's turning out to be, mm-hmm. um, no, I, I'm, I'm giving money to a, a children's hospital Yeah, because that's just where I had this calling right now to do so. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is not look at my bank account. Yeah. I pay my bills without batting my eyes because I, I know the money's there. Yeah. Uh, I can go out for lunch if I want to. I am not a big spender, but I can go out to lunch if I want to Yeah. because we have it. Yeah. And how do we have it? I don't know. Yeah. The best way to say it is I've just trusted in God with that element of my life. Mm-hmm. Can you insert... I trusted God with that element of my life to your circumstance. I promise you, again, I'm not a big promising guy, but I promise you, if you take your circumstance, whatever it may be, yeah. and say, I trust God with it 100%, I bet you it's going to sort itself out. Well, and, and even on that point, you, you know, you're saying that now you're at a place where you've gone beyond even tithing. You're like, I'm tithing and giving. Yeah. And I'm going to beyond other things because... It's again, it, God is giving this generous heart where it's like, we could just stop at tithing. I could just stop and go, okay, I did. That's my giving. But you have, you have, you have really shown, no, God has blessed me to the point where I just can't stop giving. So I give to the church and I give to the hospital. I give to this because I, you know, because God's blessed me with that. And so I think that's really huge too, to, to again, to go to the original point is focusing on what God has blessed you with and yeah. not focus on what God hasn't. Am I writing a check for, for peace of mind and sanity? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, but you know what? You know what I have? Yeah. I have peace of mind and sanity. Yeah. So if it works, mm-hmm. keep doing it. Yeah. And, and I wake up in the morning today. I just want to do t- today. I want to do just a little bit better than I did yesterday. If I kept that mentality mm-hmm. with every single morning when I wake up, yeah. well, I'm never going backwards then. Yeah, Totally. You are chosen, and not because of what you do, because of who you are. 
You ever felt dirty because of what you did, because of what you said, because of what you thought? Now, yes, what you've done is a sin. And that sin may explain you, but it doesn't have to define you. Just because it's in your past doesn't mean it has to be in your future. The book of Romans tells us there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You're not condemned, you're forgiven. You're not dirty, you're clean. God sees all, knows all, and yet still he is not slow to fulfill his promises. Some count slowness, but he's patient towards you, not wishing that any of you should perish, but that you should reach repentance. It's interesting. I um, That scripture, Romans uh, 8.1, is so um, beneficial in my Jesus journey because there was a time, and he and Pastor talks about it in the message, um, which you can watch on Facebook. I know you can watch, uh, you can listen to, but the phrase backslidden. I remember as a as a new Jesus person, that that phrase was thrown out a lot. You know, don't do this or you'll backslide, and so that was that fear. Oh man, I don't want to backslide. I don't want to backslide. And so when I sinned, I would go, oh, I backslid. And so to me, my mind, the mindset was, I sinned so bad that I lost my salvation. That was my my mindset, and so uh, I said this in a in a message I preached a couple months ago that I there was a state of my my Jesus journey where I was constantly going to the altar, and so I like if they were like if you need Jesus come to the altar I, you know I went to churches like that I go to the altar and I'm crying and I'm like I'm sorry Jesus and I I would think the things that pastor is saying I'm dirty I'm I'm you know I'm um, I'm imperfect I'm condemned. I'm, I'm, I'm the worst of the worst. And there was a man, I didn't know this man. I think I went to the altar at another church. Like we went to some, uh, youth thing and I went to the, uh, like a youth conference or something like that. And I went to the altar and a man came behind me and he said, Hey, I feel like God wants me to tell you that Romans 8, 1 says there's no condemnation. You're not condemned. You're in Christ. If you're in Christ, there is no condemnation. Now there is conviction and conviction is, Hey, Stop going down that path. It's not good for you, but God's not condemning you. So conviction is good. Conviction is healthy because conviction says, hey, stop doing that. Stop saying that. Stop looking at that. You know, he's, he's, he's telling you it's not going to be good for your Jesus journey. And so I had to remind myself that God is convicting me, not condemning me. And, um, and that's helped me a ton to really be more secure in my relationship with Jesus. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's really good. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's really, really good. Um, yeah. For, for people that are listening um, and I, I'm going to speak this because it, 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 it happened in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't give up like five minutes before that miracle happens. Right. Yeah. Like if you've been, if you've been, if you've been cutting through that field, right, trying to find the ending, mm-hmm. and you just gave up five minutes before you got there, oh yeah, right, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of a lot of people that I speak with, their lives are like that. That they they're 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 stuck in where they're at right now at this moment in time, yep, and not understanding that there's 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 it's down the road, mm-hmm. right? Could God have taken you out of your circumstance and given you? perfection in your childhood and mm-hmm. yeah yeah he could god yeah. god can do anything yeah well why didn't he mm-hmm. 
Well, I know that when I go to the doctor, I know that doctor has been in school for 10 plus years, that hours of clinicals, sleepless nights. I know when you go into surgery, that doctor's even more education, Mm -hmm. even more hours, more practice. And then when I think about it in in the reflection of God, Mm -hmm. like, well, if I had to do heart surgery today, would I want the dude that had 12 plus years of schooling Mm -hmm. and 5,000 hours plus of surgical practice doing my heart surgery? Or I want the person that just got it on a, you know, one semester. (laughs) And then when you put it in that regard, you're like, no, no, you want, you want the, you want the skilled and seasoned educated human being opening you up and Mm -hmm. doing heart surgery. And then I think, well, if you're, if you're going to do anything with your life, you're going to help people in Christ. Like you said, you, you were, when you, Mm -hmm. when you became saved, you kind of, you, you hand shook a pack there and said, nope, this life is yours now. And I will do your will with it. Yes. I think a lot of people forget that. Mm-hmm. When I was saved, it wasn't, oh, cool, I'm in the party. Let's go party. No, yeah. you, you kind of shook up on this one mm-hmm. and said, this life is yours. Yeah. Do with it as you see fit. Yeah. And the do with it as you see fit, sometimes it's unsavory for people. It's, un, mm-hmm. it's, tough, to, it's tough to stomach yeah. that you've agreed to this. Mm-hmm. But with all that said, yeah, God could snap his, his fingers if... That's what you believe he has and give you a perfect life. But mm-hmm. if you're going to be of use to him, don't you think you got to kind of go to school? Yeah, that's true. And, and maybe, maybe this, this bump in the road right now that's felt like it's your whole life, mm-hmm. that's felt like it's been a cloud that's maybe you're just in school, man. Yeah, oh, 100%. And maybe when you're ready, when you pass your tests, you can go out there in the real world and actually start applying them. Yeah. And I think I think it's true too that uh, we can allow guilt to stop us in our tracks. Yeah, and we can allow ourselves to go. Oh. But you have to remember, you know, I think about Superman. You know, Superman can fly, su- super speed, strength. You know, laser eyes, frost breath. <laughs> I mean, he has all these great things, but he has <laughs> one weakness: kryptonite. And sometimes, because God, you know, the, the scripture says that sin separates us from God. That oh, our my sin is God's kryptonite, and so therefore, oh, he's probably like, no, I can't, I can't be in relationship with you. But but the great thing about that is, yes, sin separates us from God, and the wages of sin is death. But Jesus is the solution. So therefore, there is nothing that separates us mm. from God anymore. Nothing, and except ourselves, and except the point that we we won't. Uh, I'll accept that gift of salvation. That is the only thing. God has God has made has made the bridge for us. All we have to do is walk on it. But and and people go, well, I did this, and there's a con- yes, there's consequences to our actions, just like Pastor said. But it shouldn't define us. If yeah. anything, it should say, yep, I'm going to have to pay for the consequences of this. But I'm going to, like you said, mature from it, grow in it, and walk past it. And I think that's that's really huge. Is don't don't be afraid that your sin is too big for God. It's not. It's not. Right, right. In fact, now you can even go to God with your sin, and He's not like, oh, get it away from me. No, He goes, nope. Jesus already took care of that. But thank you for coming to me with. Because then people will go, well, what's the point of going to Jesus? If Jesus, I mean, going to God if Jesus took care of it. No, God still wants relationship with you. Mm-hmm. He still wants that. He wants that, that conversation. He wants the conversation. He wants the honesty. He wants the openness. Mm-hmm. 
and for you to say, God, help me with this. And, and, and God will talk to you. He'll say, hey, you got to do this. Or, hey, well, how about, you know, or accountability or direction or get that out of your life or get or get stop being around those people. It could be a v- variety of things, but God doesn't want you to stop going to him. Yeah, He's taking care of all of it. So going to him is so easy to do. Going to him is so easy to do. And that's, that's what we're going to close on the show. Go to him. Yeah. Amen. Go to him. I mean, how do I do that? Uh, pray. Talk to him. Yep. Talk I mean, my him. prayers are sometimes just babbling words. Yep. Go to him. Yep. And then when you go to him and you've thrown up everything you possibly could, then shut up and listen yes. for the reply. Yes. I, I, I don't, I honestly, I, I don't know who needs to hear this, mm-hmm. but something like, as, as you were talking, just overwhelmingly came on me and just don't quit. Yeah. I don't know who's listening. Mm-hmm. Don't quit. Keep going. Amen. Just keep going. Two feet at a time, keep going, one after another. Keep going. Don't quit. You're almost there. Love it. You are almost, almost there. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Chew on That. Hey, if you enjoyed the episode and or you know, you enjoyed the episode and you think someone you know may benefit from the topics we discussed, uh, share the link to this podcast on your social media platforms. We'd also love it if you uh if you took the opportunity to rate and review the podcast. Um, and that's really so more and more people can be exposed to the podcast and be exposed to uh, the life-giving message of Jesus. Um, thank you, Dallas. Thank you, Keith. I mean, this is, I feel good. I feel good. I, I feel this, this was therapeutic for myself. Yeah. Love um, to hear it. And so thank you for taking the time out of your day. And, and wow. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, my name is Keith and uh, we can't wait uh, everyone um, we can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. Thank you.